Welcome to a new edition of the Five Heart Podcast. This is the substitute host of the show, Todd Wolverton. Joining me tonight is John Dam Johnston. You never know what John's thinking, I can tell you. He's saying, what is that dumb shit doing hosting a podcast? That's what he's thinking. No, I'm thinking that welcome was like the, the the welcome said like the by the most insecure man welcoming you standing at the beginning of Walmart when you walk in. Welcome, welcome. That's welcome. my life in five years, John. That's who I'm going to be in five years. I'm auditioning well, that, for that job right now. You know what? It's okay. Somebody has to do that. <laughs> well, folks, uh, Greg uh, is not with us tonight. We're hopeful that he can join in. But uh, those of you that have small children and more than one, uh, you know what life is like uh, with toddlers and infants at bedtime. So uh, we're hopeful that Greg can jump in here before it's all said and done. Um, But as we record this, uh, Greg is uh, doing his number one job, which is being a dad. Uh, (laughs) John, uh, as we record this, uh, definitely some Cornhusker football news today. Um, and uh, I'll just toss it out there and I'll let you take it. Um, Adrian Martinez has announced that he is entering the portal, uh, which would indicate to all of us that his career as a Nebraska Cornhusker is over. And uh, more importantly, uh, Adrian does intend uh, to play one more year, at least one more year. Uh, good for him. But uh, John, give me your give me your thoughts about um, Adrian in the portal, and and just well, generally, let's uh, let's chat a little bit about Adrian Martinez. I, I think you already said it. Good for him. You know, I think what I thought of was this. Uh, you know, I wrote the article; and it was really quick about him being in the transfer portal and he is an enigma. I mean, the guy I wrote that he's probably one of the most loved Cornhusker players that I can think of in recent history. And I think that there's almost nobody that would say bad things about him as a person because he was always a stand-up guy. Um, He always took responsibility. He never blamed other people. He always, you know, it didn't hide. He didn't go act like a child at any point ever that we saw. So I think it's, you know, I think it's best for him and I think it's best for Nebraska and Scott Frost. And, I, you know, I've been a consultant my entire life. And when I was a young consultant, uh, I'd worried about having, cons- having customers and maintaining customers and relationship with customers. And when I got fired or, you know, or the time for the relationship was come to, coming to an end, I was always kind of depressed by it. And I thought, you know, people shouldn't get fired or they shouldn't get, you know, you shouldn't lose your relationship or lose customers. That's you're just being bad. And what I learned over time was, is there is a natural evolution of a relationship with a customer. You know, they bring you in, they need you for something and then you're needed and needed and then you're not needed anymore. And I'm not saying Adrian Martinez isn't needed. What I'm saying is, People tend to look at these things when a player leaves and they they go, well, we've been rejected, and then they feel bad. And really what this is, is I think it's the natural conclusion for this relationship that Nebraska has with Adrian Martinez. 
You know, there, there were many times in my life where I actually recommended people to replace me at customer sites because I told my customers, your business has grown now enough, enough that you can't, don't, you don't need me. You need somebody full time. You need somebody to take my place. And that is because I matured enough to understand what the relationship was supposed to be. And I think right now, what I'd like to see Adrian Martinez do is go to another team where he wins all of his games and he sets all of the records. And he becomes a Heisman Trophy candidate, and he wins the Heisman Trophy. I mean, I would love to see Adrian Martinez go somewhere else and just beat the shit out of everybody. Not because there's some kind of thumb, big fingers up to Scott Frost or us at Nebraska, but because, you know, I think he deserves it. Because he has weathered a lot of – I can't imagine being him with all of the abuse that he's taken, I mean, I get a lot of shit from people on comments on social media and stuff, but I tend to, you know, I tend to bring that out in people. You know, I, I, I don't shy away from it. Adrian Martinez has been abused and just beaten up by people that want to blame him for all of our problems. And he has never once that I can remember ever acted like he was bothered by it or you know what I mean? He never lashed out. He never responded with anything, but a a very perfect for a fucking 21 year old kid. That's an amazing amount of a maturity. Yeah. yeah, You know, John, I I concur 100%. And, you know, people that watch the podcast, listen to the podcast to read comments that we make, you know, on corn nation, they know that I'm a, I'm an Adrian Martinez fan. And I too agree that, you know, this is the best thing for Adrian. And I think it's the best thing for the University of Nebraska. But, you know, he is a polarizing figure. And while I find that hard to believe, yeah, I was listening to, I was listening to um, Nick Handley this afternoon, and, and he was talking about it a little bit and opened it up to the callers. And the first caller that came on just crucified her. I, I'm glad he's gone. He, you know, stunk and you know lost all you know i mean just highly critical of him and you know i just almost wanted to reach into the dashboard into the radio and just grab that guy by the throat he was not the best nebraska quarterback far from it but you know i don't think we've had a player in the last four well we have not had a player in the scott frost era that has given more of himself on the field and off the field than Adrian Martinez has. Um, you know, this kid that you mentioned, he's, he got abused. He got physically abused on the football field, yeah. and he got abused by the fan base off the field and other critics. And, and you know, absolutely, he handled it very professionally. He handled it very well. And, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. Um, you know, I think we all kind of personalize our fandom a little bit. Um, and Adrian Martinez is my favorite Cornhusker in the last 10 to 15 years. Well, maybe Rex Burkhead up there too, but, um, you know, I, I just think the world of him and, you know, my favorite Cornhusker quarterback of all time is Turner Gill, arguably, arguably one of the top two or three quarterbacks. My opinion, the best Nebraska quarterback is Tommy Frazier, but I don't like that son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Adrian Martinez is an incredibly likable guy and there is not a kid that has put on the scarlet and cream in the last four years that has given any more of himself on that football field than than adrian martinez i hope john he lands 
in a good spot for him. I do too. I hope he wins every game that he plays. I hope he makes it through a season where his body doesn't feel like he was run over by a locomotive. Um, because I, I think, I think Adrian Martinez is the guy that five, 10, 15 years from now, if they were to invite him back because he, his, his records were broken and maybe just to kind of honor the new guy, Adrian Martinez would walk out into the middle of that field with his Nebraska letter jacket on because he's always going to be proud that he was a Cornhusker and kind of F you to all the critics. So, Greg, you've joined us. You want to chime in on uh, Adrian and uh, him entering the portal? We're kind of, John and I are kind of you know, giving our salute to him. Um, <clears throat> for a couple things, uh, I can't reveal my source. I was sworn to secrecy. I couldn't even tell the, the good people at Coronation, um, but I knew this was coming about 15 minutes before official word dropped. Um, and, and I wanted to tell the Slack chat room, like, be on the lookout, be prepared. But again, I was said, I was told, don't tell anybody. That being said, um, I think this is best for all parties. Um, and, and again, not, you know, coming in mid conversation, I don't know what all was said. Uh, you know, it, it, Todd, you, you gave a very nice, um, for lack of a better term, it's the first thing that, that it, uh, I guess, farewell. The, the first word that came to my mind was eulogy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the end of Adrian Martinez, Sarah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and look, Love the kid, you know, and everything that he brought. Didn't always care for the player necessarily. Um, I, I hope that he has a terrific offseason wherever he goes. And that's the thing. Where is he going to go? I'm very curious the answer to that question because who is going to want, uh, you know, a, a, essentially a grad transfer, although I think he's technically still a junior. So, you might be able to get two years out of it, but but what coach and what program is going to want to take a flyer on an injury prone and poor decision making prone quarterback who's just coming off of shoulder surgery? Let, um, let me pose. Let me pose this. All quick. of them, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> let me just real quick. Is he a power five? Will he end up at a power five conference school, or will he end up in a group of five, or will he end up with an FCS team? I say group of five. Honestly, I say, I say Mountain West. I feel like if he ends up in a power five, it's going to be Pac-12 or Big 12. Probably Pac-12 because that's closer to home. Um, but he's going to have to play somewhere where they're not used to defense. They're not used to big bruiser defensive linemen and hard-hitting linebackers. Um, he would, He would be... And perhaps maybe you know I think as, as for all of his accolades, all the all the records he broke, only four year you know starting uh, quarterback, only three time you know captain, uh, all everything that he did. It, for whatever reason, he was not fit for the Big Ten style of play, which makes me nervous about any other true dual threat QB that they bring in 
especially when they don't bring in an offensive line <laughs> to protect them. Um, there's a reason why there aren't as many, you know, true dual threat QBs in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, traditionally, historically, whatever you want to call it, has always been, you know, you, you've got our five big meatheads, your, you know, four meatheads or, you know, whatever on the, on the defensive side and, and whatever uh, other, you know, strapping young bucks uh, next to them. And it's just, you know, pound each other. It, it, it Big Ten football has always been a, a, a game of will. You know, you are going to uh, assert your will on the opposing team's, you know, offensive or defensive line. And when Nebraska couldn't do that, which Nebraska has not been able to do that for, for some time, uh, it, it you get a three and nine record where, gosh, bet you, we've been saying it since the Northwestern game, best three win team in the country. And, you know, then we lost the, the last however many games. And it was – I we've been talking about the moral victories question since Oklahoma, uh, Michigan State, Michigan, you know, et cetera, Minnesota. Not, maybe not Minnesota. Minnesota was, I don't think, ranked at that time. But uh, – and I'm getting off the Adrian Martinez crux of the question. I apologize. We'll try to get back to it. But as a – it's a team that lost nine, I think a record nine games all by single digits uh, and to a, a variety of teams from the Illinois and the Minnesota to Oklahoma, Ohio state, Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan just did what I don't think anybody expected Michigan to do, you know, and that was finally beat uh, Ohio state, you know, uh, it, and Jim Harbaugh finally got that win. And then he'll have to go because Wisconsin served a, a lame duck up to Minnesota. The, the Iowa, the team that we had, you know, we're up 21 to nine on. Uh, Iowa now gets to go play in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, back to Adrian Martinez. And I think the original question um, group of five. <laughs> okay. John, just one, one question for you about Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, Greg mentioned group of five, or he, he thinks group of five, maybe Mountain West, closer to home. Adrian Martinez goes, uh, Adrian Martinez dates a soccer player from Kansas State, um, power five, power five school. Um, you got to give me a yes or no. Adrian Martinez starting quarterback at Kansas State next year. No. Adrian Martinez starting quarterback at Kansas Yeah, there was a big pause in that. Greg's got group of five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock y'all. Uh-oh. Adrian Martinez, starting quarterback. Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's move on to um, the coaching. Fuck you, I'm leaving. <laughs> Oh God! Well, they could was... use something. They could. They wouldn't know what to do. They would just like go. What did we do with this guy? <laughs> I mean, you know, they wouldn't know how. He's taken off running. What the hell? You yeah. know, they'd freak out. Adrian Martinez 
fits into a Brian Ferentz offensive play like I fit into 36 waist pants. It ain't happening, Captain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other the other breaking Cornhusker football news today, um, which we read from uh, the uh, All-American sports writer for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McCallum, uh, has indicated that they're finalizing the deal with uh, Mickey Joseph to come to uh, the University of Nebraska. I assume as a wide receivers coach, I don't know if they're going to, if the plan is to hook any uh, special teams or anything like that with him. Um, I recall Mickey Joseph back in the day, um, used to see Mickey walking across campus, never could wear his ball cap straight, kind of like Scott Frost, a um, little bit more off to the side. Um, but uh, Mickey Joseph is uh, uh, reputed to be one heck of a recruiter and also a coach that really develops players. So with that all being said, it's important for Nebraska to bring Mickey Joseph to the football staff for the Cornhuskers because of his Nebraska ties. John? No. Although it will make people very happy. He knows the culture, John. He understands. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Fuck our culture. I mean, we We don't have culture. Our our culture is a loser. That's what our culture is. And if you don't like that, then, you know, tough shit. But that's who we are. We're losers. If you want to change that culture, you hire winners. So I think if Mickey Joseph has a good coaching pedigree, that's all I care about. I don't give a shit. Do you remember when he was – he got tackled into the bench and it cut his leg all the way to the bone in the Oklahoma. Bobby Newcomb, Bobby Newcomb, Bobby Newcomb. God dang it, I keep getting those two mixed up. No, it was Mickey Joseph, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Bobby Newcomb, that – no, bench and – yeah, he got tackled into the bench right before we played Georgia Tech, and they killed us because we didn't have a starting quarterback in the national title game, 1989? Yeah, uh, 1990. 1990, okay. 1990, uh, broke his leg in the first quarter of the game in Norman. And I know everybody's wondering, Greg, you were eight, and you have said numerous times you weren't following college football until you got to Nebraska. So, Greg, how do you know this? Wikipedia. Greg, how do you know this? Wikipedia, my friends. Does it say he broke his leg? Yes. That's it. It's the uh, season-ending injury by breaking. Yeah. Well, you know. Wow. I think he got tackled into the bench, and the bench cut his leg all the way to the bone. Uh, well, let, it was let, a guy rode him out of bound. A that's fucking what you Oklahoma get when you player. Get your memory. I keep, okay, you're right. Yeah. An Oklahoma player rode him out of bounds into the bench because that's so, what them cheap shot motherfucking evil cocksuckers from Oklahoma do. That's the first time I've ever said cocksuckers, and I guess it belongs to Oklahoma. Well, so I think I think what I appreciate perhaps most, and I, I didn't mean to uh, no, cut you off there, Todd, is he's coming allegedly. You know, and, and maybe this will all be wrapped up by the time folks get around to listen to this podcast, watch this video on YouTube. But allegedly, Mickey Joseph's working, you know, finalizing a deal to bring him to Lincoln. His Nebraska ties, you know, and, and John answered the question succinctly, but his Nebraska ties don't mean as much 
to me as the fact that he spent the last few years at LSU where I don't know if you know this or not about what happened down in uh, LSU in the last couple of years, but they, they won a natty. I'm it, it more, it, I, I think it, it might bring some recruitment credibility to the Louisiana area because he spent a lot of time in uh, Louisiana. Um, I don't know. That, that's how I perceive it. Uh, I, I strip away the Husker uh, uh, relation, you know, past history or whatever, because it's, it's meaningless. He hasn't been a Husker since 91. He hasn't been in the program since 91. So that's 30 years. And he's gone and done a lot of other things since then. Let's focus more on recent achievements rather than 30 year old achievements. I, I concur with both of you. And, and Thank you. I think, I think it's, I think it's great. If he in fact does show up here, I think it's great. What is a little bit confusing to me is, and, and it, you know, again, a lot of this is kind of vague, but if in fact he's just the wide receivers coach, it, it concerns me that we hire a receivers coach, wide receiver coach before we hire the offensive coordinator. So is a deal done for the offensive coordinator, but it's not announced yet for maybe because the teams, I don't, you know, whatever. But I, I, I find it a little bit strange that of those four position coaches, the first one you hire is the wide receiver coach. And quite honestly, of the four, I think it's probably the least important. Okay. If you're Mickey Joseph, do you make a decision on coming to Nebraska without knowing who the other coaches are? Do either of you make it that professional decision? The answer is no. My no, God, the no. answer is no. Sorry. Jesus, I, I, come on. I, had to un- I had to unmute my microphone. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to hear me. It would have been. In other words, you would not come to Nebraska unless you knew who you were coaching with and who was going to be the rest of the staff. So because that answers that the is, question. That answers the that question. Be, that is a um, a high profile. We saw it's a high profile opportunity to fail. And if yeah, you don't is. know who you're, if you don't know who you're going to battle with, you know, if 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 it, I'm not saying this is what happened, um, but if they are pulling names out of a hat, calling these guys, you want the gig, cool, uh, and then you find out who you're going to battle with when you jump in the foxhole. That ain't how we won WW2, I'm just saying. So it is important. I was there. It was important (laughs) to bring in the Jimmys and Joes. And hopefully Mickey Joseph is the guy that's going to bring in the Jimmy and Joes. Um, No, I I I hope Mickey Joseph uh, is the guy that's going to develop the, make the guys, the Jimmys and Joes. Better. Yeah. Um. So we didn't seem to do that very well. People that people that seem to know a hell of a lot more about what's going on in college football and specifically Nebraska than what I do have indicated they fully expected uh, the coaching staff to be filled by the end of this week. Um, we only have a day or two left. So is Scott Frost going to is he going to have the staff full? Does it matter? if it goes on into next week. 
I think it matters if you get, you got to get out there recruiting. I mean, you never stop recruiting and days lost recruiting are days lost in developing a better program. And if you're Scott Frost, you know, maybe once in your life, once in your life at Nebraska as the head coach, you could act like there's maybe a sense of urgency to becoming good. That doesn't mean he has to announce everybody, but it should mean that everybody's together. You know what I mean? They know who they're getting right now. They're just not, you know, nobody's letting it out yet. I hope that's the plan. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, think about it. I got, I got, I know guys that, like, if I show up at a customer site and I see, like, Ted, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. And the next thing I know, my customer A has hired me and Ted to work together on a project. I'm looking at my customer and going, well, I guess maybe we could do this project if I don't kill him first. You know, that's where the Mickey Joseph thing looks at it and goes, okay, I'm coming. And then you show up and you hired another guy he hates. That's not how it works. So, you know, they're probably in the bag. I, and you have to have, if you're, I would imagine, you know, going back to the bye week after the Ohio State game, that Trev probably had a short list of names prepared for, all right. If these are the guys we're getting rid of, these are, you know, three names at each, you know, role that that we're going to look at to fill them. So you have you have to have that type of plan in place. You can't go running into the offseason, you know, blind. Um, You know, we're thanks to, you know, the rules changed a couple of years ago. Now we have early signing day. So we're going to be right up on early signing day here in a couple of weeks. That's before Christmas. Uh, so there's a very little amount of time to get to work. And uh, so these guys, it, it's similar to, you know, when Frost left central Florida to come to Nebraska, he knew he was leaving. He was already on the recruiting trail while coaching worked out great for him at that time. I don't know what happened to that Scott Frost. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. The big 10 is not the AAC you know, and vice versa or whatever. Um, Conference USA, it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is a plan had to be in place. Now you have to implement the plan. And then, you know, I could very really see where, you know, we get four like closes, you know, four announcements in the, in the next four days because there, or, you you know, yeah, you group, I don't know. The the internet was already aware of Mickey Joseph ahead of time uh, because of uh, leaks and dirt cheats and rumor and innuendo and chat forums and all that other BS that I don't typically buy into. Um, he was also listed as an assistant head coach at LSU. So there's a potential that they're bringing him in, yeah. you know, for a more of a leadership role. Uh, and he's one of those BS dirt sheets said, uh, be open to the – I'm paraphrasing, but be open to the possibility of a, a co-offensive coordinator situation, two OCs. Um, I don't like that idea, reason being, because then we'll have three offensive coordinators because Scott will always be Scott, and he'll always have uh, – you know, be an offensive coordinator at his heart. So I feel like the more coaches you get into that role, the more muddy it's going to be. Um, but – the Maybe they're just getting a band back together. There and they go. called him up and said, man, we get the band back together. What do you want to do? 
And Mickey's like, ah, oh, I want to play the synthesizer. Like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Ooh, what a lucky man he was. That was terrible. Actually, all, I, that's pretty quick for you, John. I like a, a little ELP. Now yeah, I'm all exhausted. Yeah. John, well, you doing okay? I don't think that uh, Mickey Joseph, I'm just guessing he's not an ELP guy. <laughs> I just maybe. I don't, I don't know. Maybe more like a, oh, come on. Who's the, the trumpet player in New Orleans? Louis Armstrong? Quentin Marcellus. No, God, trombone shorty, you son Trump. of bitches. He's not. Well, a, you yeah. would have said a trombone. I would have had shorty. You said trumpet. He started at the trombone when he was four. That's kind of why they called that the trombone was bigger than him. Right. You said trumpet. He, and that's Yeah, why he plays a trumpet. He plays everything. He's fantastic. It's amazing. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll just move on now. Well, <laughs> let's talk about some other coaching situations since we oftentimes wander and we cover their perspectives. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play Greg. Did we ever actually talk about the Iowa game? Yeah. Um, no. Oh, we didn't. Um, I know you, you did, talk John. About, in, in, do you want to in, talk about the Iowa game? No. No. I feel like we at least need to mention Logan Smothers. Oh, well, that's true. You talk Logan Smothers, and I'll, I'll mention two things. And then, John, you can have three things. <laughs> And then I'll have four things. <laughs> talk <laughs> and to then we'll go bowling. Let's talk Logan Smothers. I thought he did a good job, but you take it from there, Greg. I, I I thought he was serviceable given the you know limited prep time, limited game situation that he had. Uh, you know, looked uh, uh, light on his feet, didn't make a ton of horrible passes, made one bad decision late in the game that ended up being a safety, but. Look, you're either going to throw it and get a safety, you're going to get tackled and get a safety. That one's not on you. That one's on the all the situations that that led up to that moment. Uh, you know, all all the plays and the way the game played out. It looks like he grew eight inches from the spring game. <laughs> like for for whatever reason, I remember like Logan Smothers being like my son's height and. I mean, he looked closer to uh, the, the size of an actual full-grown human being. Um, my concern is that, yeah, he's the number four dual-threat quarterback in the country when he came out of high school. Are we always and, – and this might be a stupid question, and I think we've had more traditional drop-back passers in the past that, you know, I think Tanner Lee was a drop-back um, – uh, Joe Gantz was a drop back, I think. Uh, Zach, um, before him, Taylor. thank you. I, I think it was more traditional, but is it always going to be our identity that we have to have? A, I'm just, I, I'm curious of, of the day when we'll have a 6364 guy back there who's broad shouldered, strong armed, and will just chuck the ball, you know, and and not be looking like a junior high kid behind the offensive line. I don't think that that's the offense that Scott Frost is going to coach. I, I think I think Scott Frost is is devoted to a dual threat quarterback. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of fine lines from time to time. Uh, my question is, how about how about finding a passing quarterback that can run? <laughs> you know, uh, run when he needs to. Um, I'd be okay with that. 
you know, it to me, you cannot, you cannot put, you cannot have a successful offense where your leading rusher consistently is your quarterback. And whether you have a dual, whether you have a dual threat quarterback or or whatever it might be, um, a dual threat quarterback is in fact dual threat, and. We need, in my opinion, that offense needs to have somebody that can throw a lot more effectively than he can run. That's my opinion. Uh, and so you're going to have to develop the running game. But, like, Greg, I, I, think, I think you're 6'2", 6'3". I think you're dreaming 6'4". But uh, I think he's on the team. I think that's Heinrich Harper. I was just going to mention him. Um, and, and I think that's your guy. Okay. Well, let's see if – you know, the new quarterback coach can develop a quarterback because the last quarterback coach, not so much on the development. Let's, let's come back to this um, in just a second. Cause you know, let's kind of finish this, this Iowa conversation up a little bit, because I do have a question for you relative to the quarterback situation. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I'm going to pat myself on the back because I said on the podcast last week, that I thought the game was going to come down to a big special teams play by the University of Iowa. And I thought at one point in the game, Iowa was going to break a big run because they always do against Nebraska. And no other, no other play in that game was more important than that pump block. And what was incredibly frustrating was watching that, you know, when they replayed it from behind the punter. And you can literally see that up that blocker take a step into the middle, just clearing the way for that guy to come and block that punt. And that, that play was a microcosm of Nebraska's season right there. And um, just totally frustrating because, uh, you know, we've all seen it, guys. We've sat through it for nine games this year that no matter where Nebraska was at up until the fourth quarter, second half, fourth quarter, there was always plenty of time for Nebraska to not win the game. That pump block was critical in that, in that situation. And that's what put Iowa over the top, in my opinion. A couple quick thoughts on, on your thoughts. Um, they, they, we, it was said, I think, after the Michigan State game where, you know, special teams, we punted it to the wrong side of the field, that this joke – it wasn't funny then. It's not funny now. Was that Nebraska is a good team that finds creative ways to lose games? Yes. Iowa was a brand new, you know, batch of insanity. The blocked punt that's you know at, blocked at ten or twelve and walked in uh, the safety. You know, a, a series or so later, um, just they they got. They tied the game at 21 without the offense scoring a damn touchdown. Yep. And and then when they as they continued to slowly chip away, everybody knew. Everybody in Memorial Stadium knew. Every Husker fan watching at home knew Huskers weren't going to win that game. I don't know if there was a player on that team that felt like Nebraska was going to win that game. If so, they didn't show it in between the white lines. Um, it's just beyond frustrating to know that my son, my I'll, I'll give the twins 
the benefit of the doubt. But my oldest, who's going to be six in a, in a couple of weeks, has does not live in a world where Nebraska has beat Iowa in his lifetime. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how to process that as a father, guys. <laughs> Do I get three things about Logan Smothers? You get three things about the Iowa game, and if they're about Logan Smothers, that's fine. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know what? I'm just gonna keep them with Logan Smothers because Logan Smothers is probably our future. Uh, number number one, I'd say that he was good at running our offense. I thought he did an excellent job of actually executing our offense, with the exception of one thing, which is number two. Uh, maybe the motherfucker had more time on the field during the season to get experience with the team he was supposed to be playing for and leading on the field, but he didn't because of our dumb fuck ass coach. He'd actually been able to look at his team and say, hey, I know things look like shit right now because they just blocked the punt, but how about if we go down the field here and score and get momentum back? But, you know, being a guy that didn't get a lot of time with his teammates on the field during games during the season, they're probably just going to look at him and go, you know, we've all done this and you just got here, so shut the fuck up because that's how it goes. You know, and number three, uh, shit, I didn't write down number three when you guys were talking, but I thought he was, I thought he executed the offense well. I thought he, he looked to me like a quarterback that could run the option, which maybe we're going to be doing in the future. I thought his passing game was decent. The only problem I had was at the end of the game and that final drive, he kept throwing the ball to his check down receivers. And then he did take a shot downfield when it was absolutely forced on him. You know, and Levi Falk either ran the wrong route or he thought it was the wrong route. He broke but, it off. Levi Falk broke off the route because of the coverage. But my only criticism there, take a shot earlier because you'd have more time to take a shot later. And again, that goes back to, hey, maybe get the guy on the game field. Get, get him on the field for some game experience. And then he understands how to finish a drive. But you didn't get that out of Scott Frost because, God, Adrian Martinez, he's broken jaw, playing, broken leg, playing. His arm's coming off. It's just a flesh wound, playing. <laughs> Greg, Jesus. You, you this, get the this, idea this, that uh, maybe I was a little angry with, uh, you know, let's stick this guy out there because we have no other option now. Maybe if Adrian was able to crawl onto the field and play quarterback, that Scott Frost would have done that again. Something with Adrian's uh, announced departure, planned departure today, something came to mind. And I wonder if it's going to be, you know, like the, if you remember a couple of years ago when Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers, you know, after, after his career in new England and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no fan of the Patriots, no fan of Belichick or Tom Brady, but a lot of people were saying, well, now we're going to know. Who was, you know, what, who was the real reason behind all the team's success? Yep. Was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? So I think next year, assuming that Adrian Martinez and, and the tough part is you're going to have to be comparable. So he would potentially have to land at a power five school. Doesn't matter which one, uh, but it, you know, Pac-12, probably big 12, something like that. And then, is there a scenario where like the player succeeds and the coach doesn't the coach succeeds and the player doesn't maybe they both succeed because they're out of whatever um, codependent relationship they were in. Uh, I'm really curious to it again. I, I hope 
Adrian, nothing but the best. I, I, I think I said it before. If I overlooked it, uh, the, the kid was a warrior. Uh, and, and I think nobody encapsulated, uh, you know, Husker pride in the last few, few, few years, four years specifically, like Adrian Martinez, despite the, the many pitfalls that, that he encountered, um, you know, from day one, from that career opening game against Colorado when he got his knee twisted that didn't get called. Um, I think that, you know, I, I hope both, both sides succeed. Um, again, unless he lands in the Big Ten, but I don't see any Big Ten team taking Adrian Martinez. Um, but I'm very curious to know the dynamic now that those two forces are, you know, separated. Who's gonna Who's gonna be looked at as who was holding whom back? So, well, I think the one the one thing that I'm gonna say about Logan Smothers in the Iowa game is Logan Smothers' performance during the Iowa game showed for all the Adrian Martinez hating motherfuckers out there that this team's problems were not Adrian's fault. I mean, there were some because it's a team game. That's how it goes. But you guys that want to blame everything on Adrian Martinez, it was pretty fucking clear that this, this team's problems were not all Adrian Martinez. Especially when you, got, you cut down in the safety, you know, gave up the safety because your tackles can't fucking block. There you go. Let's stick with quarterback, but kind of look forward just a little bit because, you know, Greg was talking about that big, young, strapping Heinrich Harbaugh. Um, We have Logan Smothers coming back. Heinrich Harbaugh is going to come back. Matt. In in Harburg. Harburg. Yeah, pardon me. Harburg. I get my Baas and my Bergs, you know. I'm thinking if he's a Baas, he's wearing the wrong colors because I don't think think Jimothy lets any – any relations get away. Okay, so we got Logan and Heinrich. Does Nebraska go into the portal and bring in another quarterback? We also have that Torres kid coming up as a true freshman next year. Yes. It, Unless he's a complete fucking moron, Scott Frost goes out there and tries to find whatever quarterbacks are available that have run an offense similar to his and have some experience playing at the Division One level. You know, it, unless he just looks at it and goes, I think we're fine with what we got. Good job, Scott Frost, you motherfucking loser for another year. Yeah, go find some quarterbacks. I, Last year, I, you went out and found 15 kickers and none of them worked. <laughs> Maybe you should find a guy that can run your offense. I, I think the, the keyword, the emphasis there in uh, John's diatribe is that's close to the offense of Scott Woods. You can't just go, you know, you can't get my, you know, mind's eye prototypical quarterback who's, you know, 6'4, 230 with a rocket arm. I mean, because those guys aren't going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a square peg round hole situation. Um, so you go and get, uh, you know, the, the best available as long as they fit or comparable to what you've been doing or what you hope to achieve. And, you know, look, we're going to have a new offensive staff. Maybe they're going to bring in their own ideas. Maybe they're going to bring in, uh, wrinkles and schemes that, you know, a, a more prototypical, pocket guy might fit in all those conversations. I mean, you, you have to have all of these 
uh, coaching philosophy questions before you bring a coach on, right? I mean, you, you know, Scott's going to sit down with Mickey or whomever, be like, this is what we want to do. Are you capable of operating within these parameters? Because you can't have any dissension in the ranks. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for a fifth offensive coordinator, you know, in in the Scott Frost tenure. So let's um let's move off Nebraska football. There's been a lot of other news recently, and I'm going to play three questions with you guys. You guys, you're going to we'll, we'll keep score down the road. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. The battle right, is on he... Verdun and Passchendaele. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Wait, there these, are, these questions, are there right answers or are there just answers? There, there are there are three there are three questions. With two of the questions, there's definitively right answers. Okay. okay. All right. There are four new coaches for four premier programs. Okay. For next year. I'm going to go with uh, the pundits who are saying that Marcus Freeman is going to be the head coach at, at Notre Dame. We got Brian Kelly at LSU, Lincoln Riley at USC, Billy Napier at Florida. Of those four situations, I'm going to come to you first, John. Which one is the best fit for that school and program? Name them again. <laughs> Billy Napier at Florida, Lincoln Riley at USC, Brian Kelly at LSU, Marcus Freeman at Notre Okay, Dame. okay. I want to say Billy Napier, but I, that's not true. It's Lincoln Riley at USC. It's Greg, Lincoln Riley. It's Lincoln Riley at USC because they gave him $110 million. They bought him a $6 million home. He gets a private jet for the use of his family. I mean, is he? I want to know when this guy goes on a recruiting trip, is he going to have a tiger? On a chain, a live tiger that he takes on recruiting trips. Even though USC is a Trojan, he's just like, I got a fucking tiger because I can. You know, he's got a handful of Trojans. Right. (laughs) God. He, I just, I just think that, you know, Lincoln, I don't think Lincoln Riley is worth $110 million. I don't, I don't think he's that great a coach. Um, but I think if he can if he can make USC into something that uh, wins the Pac-12 consistently and gets into the college football playoff, it'll weaken the SEC because the fucking kids will stop leaving California all the time. I don't go don't go much further because you're almost invading a couple of my other questions. Okay, all right, Greg, so you Lincoln Riley, that? Lincoln Riley at USC, that's the best fit. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> he's got that Southern California. Uh, two-faced mentality. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet. He had a, a you know, in his introductory press conference or something, uh, he he made a comment uh, about saying this place is special or something like that. And one the of mecca his, of the football world. Me, thank you, thank you. And and uh, one of his uh, very recently former players at uh, Oklahoma said, "That's funny. You were saying the same thing to us yesterday." <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the, um, what, yeah. the, I think the worst fit is Brian Kelly at LSU. Oh, I agree. I, I think he said, I want to take, I need to take this opportunity when he really meant I need to take this $9.5 million a year. He's got to learn how to like, 
understand what a po' boy is and crawfish you have to pay and shit like that. And that guy's got like no fucking chance of doing that. Well, I think, I think Brian Kelly's a pathetic human being, but that's beyond. Yeah. I'd agree with that assessment. Okay. Second question. Second question. Which one of those four coaches gets their team into the college football playoff first? Ooh. Greg. Lincoln Riley, easier path. Yeah. Uh, You take Florida and you take uh, LSU. They still have to compete with Alabama and Georgia. Notre Dame is – they've always been close, but – and, you know, they're one of the – you know, they're still one of the blue blood tried and true programs in the country, despite what a lot of Husker fans, you know, dislike them. That's fine. But I think if you look at – I think Lincoln Riley has to make a, a bigger leap faster, but I think his path overall is easier. John, I'm going to go with the Freeman at Notre Dame because they're Notre Dame. And because, you know, when kids go to Notre Dame, they go there because it's Notre Dame. They don't go there because you could – they could have a fucking stick and name it the head coach – and they'd still get shit tons of really good players there because it's Notre Dame. Why they still have that. Like that. What? Notre Dame? It's Notre Dame. What, Notre- how do you supposed to pronounce it? Notre, Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Dame. Notre N-O-T- Dame. N-O-T-R-E. But you were saying Notre. Well, Notre, whatever the fuck. Wash, wash. God damn, okay. whether you ball your shrimp or boil them, what are you fucking get? Y'all kick your ass. Question question number three. First fired. <laughs> Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, if I'm being honest. Now, we have uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. It, it – we didn't mention Oklahoma's new coach. They haven't named one yet. I mean, according to Google, it's Bob Stoops. Speculation also has uh, Brent Venables. Right. But isn't, wasn't Bob Stoops in trouble? No, no. no. Bob Stoops th- just said, I'm tired of doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I don't know. I don't know how anybody would want to coach into their 60s anyway. Dealing with all this shit you got to deal Stoops with. Bob at his age is not going to take Oklahoma into the SEC. No. no. <laughs> He's the interim coach right now. Yeah. He's going to coach him in the bowl game. He can walk out and wave at people. I'm Bob Stoops. Sounds a bitch. I, I could have sworn – that, you know, a few years in, in recent, you know, uh, a, a couple of years ago, Bob Stoops was in the news for some for some not good reasons. Not that I recall. Not All that right. I recall. Well, I apologize to uh, Mr. Stoops and, and the Stoops family for uh, mixing him up with his neighborhood childhood neighborhood friend, Carl. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Oh my. All the way from uh You know what they, the funnest thing about this whole coaching, the coaching menagerie, wild chairs, whatever, magical chair. I'm missing musical this. Chairs. Musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. My brain's running out of trying to pull the words out. 
Uh, and now I forgot my thought. No, the funnest thing about all of this is Oklahoma, the Oklahoma community and the Oklahoma fans, the Oklahoma president saying shit like, we thought we'd get more notice. Really? That's probably what yeah, Iowa really. State thought, you fucks. Right when you pulled the rug underneath out from underneath them. Exactly. So, I love that too. Just, yeah. All that what a stuff pathetic was bunch of so people. quiet from us. <laughs> God. Well, meanwhile, yeah. then you had uh, um, Brian Kelly's announcement coming over the internet, you know, before he had the opportunity to tell his team, like, you didn't know that news was going to get out. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, though, you know, you you did mention Oklahoma here. I I think Brent Venables is the guy for the job. I mean, you know, to be honest with them, going into the SEC, especially now after losing a guy who's kind of, you know, been at the helm, uh, Venables has shown he can he can coach defense that can beat teams from the SEC. So, you know. You look at you look at Georgia; they're winning because of defense, and um, you know Venables might be the guy for that job. Um, when, if you looked at how the SEC, which really needs a new name, I know because of the brand and everything, it, it won't. I mean, same with Big Ten; you know, it's Big Fourteen or whatever. Um, but how are they going to realign the conference because they keep growing westward? You know, I think Missouri isn't not nothing. I know Missouri is in the Eastern Division. I, you know, you got Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Do do they split? Does one go east, one go west? And and if so, how, who makes that decision? Who's going to have to play Alabama every year, and who's going to get them every other? Oh my year God, what do you want from us? I'm just asking. You know, no, hey, I don't know. Todd, Todd's not the only one with questions, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It will be maybe they'll go legends and leaders. Oh, I wish they would. You know, I wish Big Ten would go back to legends and leaders because then maybe Nebraska could get back to fucking Indianapolis. You know, the key here is that neither Oklahoma nor Texas were part of the Civil War states. They were neither of those states were part of the Confederacy. Oklahoma didn't even exist as a state. But most of the people that live in the SEC footprint area don't know either of those things. So it's just to them, it's just the SEC expanding till they take over America, make their own to make up for them years ago when they were savaged by General Sherman. Are you Burned sure his way Texas wasn't the in the Confederacy? I seem to think Texas was in the Confederacy. No, no, no. Um, and and not they call only it that. six flags. They call it six flags over Texas. Why do they call it that, Todd? Why do they call it Six Flags? Because Texas has belonged to six separate entities. Probably maybe the Confederacy was part of Texas. But you go down there and you ask a Texan and you see what they say. And then you go to Houston and ask a Texan. And then you go to Dallas and then Austin and then El Paso and Lubbock. And you're probably going to get 18 different answers. The Republican guy will answer. Some guy will answer the same question six different times, different ways. What, what, uh, you know, what 140 years ago or whatever, when they said the South will rise again, what they didn't know is they're talking about college football in the 21st century. You're right. You're right. So it's Fuckers. depressing to think the South should never rise again. 
let's let's uh, twist back to, to Nebraska sports here just a minute. And then we're going to do, Greg, you weren't here at the beginning. We are going to do predictions. See, and now I understand what it's like to sit in your chair and try to wrangle us in. I get, I get that now. I want to say being on this side of, of the desk when I'm not, you, you know, because oftentimes I'll get off on a tangent. I'll pause a little bit. Don will be like, okay, what's next? There's a nice flow, Todd. I appreciate Todd the leader. It, well, it, it makes my heart happy. Todd's shooting his wad on everything tonight, just trying to stay ahead from you. Todd is struggling. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Let's. I, uh, I, I want a shirt now that said Todd shot his wad. <laughs> Todd the wad. Um, I wasn't going to go that far. That's crazy. <laughs> inappropriate. All right. Back to Nebraska sports. Women's volleyball starts uh, their journey down the NCAA tournament trail tomorrow night against Campbell. Um, is this Nebraska volleyball team, if they win, if they win Friday night, they play at home again, I believe on Saturday night, um, most likely against Kansas state. Is this Nebraska edition of this Nebraska 2021 edition of the volleyball team? How far are they going to get? Are they going to be a final four team? Um, elite eight, sweet 16, championship game where what's what what's going to end up happening with this volleyball team my first question it, my response is in the form of a question how many teams are there now are they 64 64 okay uh they'll get to the sweet 16 possibly elite eight i hate saying that uh unfortunately they have not been consistent enough this year uh to show where you know, they're going to put, they're going to get hot at the right time. You know, they're, they're, um, I really wish Beth was here to talk about this. Uh, Beth would be the, the, the go-to for all things Nebraska volleyball. Um, but I just, and I want them, I want them to go all the way. I want the confetti to rain down on coach cook and, and uh, his team, uh, these stellar athletes uh, and student athletes that we have at Nebraska uh, quite possibly, uh, our, our best hope for, for championship gold for, for years to come, despite maybe baseball having a say in that. Um, but I just don't, they just haven't played quite been themselves this year. Uh, you know, and that's a very novice outsider looking in approach. Um, I just, the, the magic's a little off uh, this year. John. John, how about you? I think it's all about uh, who, who lasts. You know what I mean? I mean, you got Lexi Rodriguez. Beth should be here for this, but uh, Lexi Rodriguez has been like the Big Ten Defensive, defensive player, player of the Year as a freshman, right? Yep. And I think it's a matter of how much can Lawrence Stiverns take. You know what I mean? How much can she play? I think I think they've been inconsistent because John Cook has spread his playing time around. Uh, I don't. We have Beth, so I don't follow volleyball as close as I should, but. Uh, I think that uh, I don't know. I'll go with Elite Eight. I kind of I kind of agree with uh, with what you guys are saying. I, I would say Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. Um, you know, I think you know if you look at this team, you got three first team All Big Ten players: Maddie Kubik, Lauren Stiverns, and um, we just talked about her, Lexi Rodriguez. Um, you know, those are our the, the three first teamers. Honestly, I don't think Lauren Stiverns has had near the season this year that she had last year. And maybe there's those lingering uh, 
issues of that of the back problems that she's had. Um, but in my opinion, for this team to get to the Elite Eight, if if any further than that, we're going to have to see those two super seniors step up. Lauren Stibbons is going to have to step up her game, and Lexi's son is going to have to be you know the player that she's been the previous two years. Um, if that can happen, you know maybe they can get to the Elite Eight. It'd be nice to see them in the Final Four. But um, it's, it is, it's an exciting time of the year for, for Nebraska fans and for volleyball fans. You know, Creighton is in the tournament too. Uh, you know, two Nebraska teams, you know, the hotbed of, of, of volleyball. Um, women's basketball is off to an 8-0 start. Uh, beat Wake Forest last night in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, you know, I think I read on Coordination that they had the 216th toughest schedule of, the year, of uh, all Division I schools but knocking off Wake Forest, um, you know, that's a feather in their cap. Maybe Amy Williams has got this team, uh, got, and maybe she has the team that she, that she wants and needs to, to, to play well in the Big Ten. It's about time. Um, <laughs> not, not to, not to poo poo on, on uh, anybody, but, uh, you know, again, uh, Williams was a hire that was former Husker. You know, all, all these, I, <clears throat> For the life of me, and I know she had success at her previous job, but again, you know, similar to Scott Frost, it's not the Big Ten. I don't know why we keep going back to the well of, you know, Nebraska ties. We're in Nebraska. We've got a fairly healthy bank account to write a check or two. Why aren't we going for best rather than best former Husker? That being said, if, you know, because there have been issues in the past with players, you know, uh, leaving, transferring out of her program. If if the ship's righted, if the train is on the tracks, if, you know, the bus is moving down the road at, at the right direction, I don't know what horrible transportation analogies I'm trying to make, then so be it. Um, but... Yeah, well, it, it's time. You know, it, it's time. John, um, we talked uh, before we started recording here tonight a little bit about that four overtime exhaustive game that the men played last night out against North Carolina State. Uh, I did watch about five minutes of the basketball game last night, which is five minutes more of Nebraska basketball than I watched all of last season. Um, uh, rumor has it. Uh, in that four overtime game, I, you know, here's three things I heard. Uh, bad call at the end of regulation, perhaps bad no call at the end of regulation. Bench clearing brawl highlighted by our injured Trey McGowan's, Bryce yeah. McGowan, Trey McGowan's Trey. scooting out to it on his scooter. Uh, numerous ejections and foul outs and did they really play a manager no i know they didn't do that but uh fred hoiberg uh probably should be fined for what he said at the conclusion of the game what did he say i don't know but he must have ripped the referees pretty good you know they shot nc state shot 43 free free throws we shot 15 we usually shoot 24 average a game um, I can understand the no call on the layup at the end of regulation, just because the game's tied 
And I think when you're on the road, it's very difficult to get those calls. But, and you could, you know, I hate it when we talk of football games and we blame officials, but basketball, uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was, there was bad all around. First of all, Lapman uh, got upset because he had a three shot in his face and he's upset with one of his teammates and walked by the NC State bench and elbowed the guy pretty hard to start a kerfuffle. And then Eduardo Andre looked like a complete fucking idiot that was eight years old charging into that. Trey McGowan scooted out there, but I think he just kind of scooted out there. It was, it was pretty He funny. wanted a closer he look. Just wanted, he just wanted to see what was going on. He's like, man, what's going on over here? And Eduardo Andre just got right into that shit, and he got tossed. The announcers were terrible because they weren't at the game. They didn't know who got tossed because they didn't have any information. You know, then the referees were terrible because of the incredibly lopsided foul calling. Uh, and then Bryce, Bryce McGowan had two shots at the end of, I think, the second overtime. He makes them both, we win. And he only made one. So, you know, it was a, I'd say overall, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. You know, it's another one of those things where Nebraska sports is always interesting. Uh, it was unfortunate we didn't come away with a win because it would have been a nice road win. Uh, but it, 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 all that matters with this team is that they continue to get better because Big Ten play is coming up next. Yeah. And they start Indiana. at Indiana. Yeah, they start yeah. at Indiana. And it, somehow it'd be really nice for them to pull off a win against Indiana. I don't know if they can do it at, at Indiana because winning on a home court – uh, winning a road game in the Big Ten is really hard. But, uh, you know, just get better. Play better. Have fucking lap mayhem. mayhem. Get get a brain that he doesn't have to act like a five-year-old just because things don't go his way. He's very streaky. But they really, you know, Derek Walker played shit tons of minutes and it was clear that he was getting tired. And uh, Breidenbach is a freshman. He's another big guy, and he's interesting. He looks like a serial killer. And uh, I think he'll develop, but he's very young. And they could have used Andre for at least to get some minutes into the game. You know, and they could have used Mann to get some minutes in the game because in four overtimes, uh, I'd say NC State won it because their big guy, Seaborn, who had like 39 points, had more gas than anybody else. And we ran out of it. So, you know, get your shit together and start winning games. And I'm not talking about Fred Hoiberg. I'm talking about his fucking players. There you go, sons of bitches. The other sport that's uh, in action uh, would be wrestling, and and Mark Manning's going to take the Cornhuskers out to Las Vegas uh, this weekend. That's going to be interesting. The National Finals Rodeo is going on in Las Vegas, and it's absolutely packed with Cowboys. I don't know where they're going to stick a bunch of wrestlers out there. Um, Cowboys sleep on their horses, Todd. Everybody knows that. Okay, okay, all right. Um, but, uh, they're Spend some out more there. time out in Western Nebraska, damn it. They'll tell you a few things. <laughs> they're they're going to wrestle at the Cliff Keen Invitational, which is one of the three premier invitational wrestling tournaments at the college level. You got that, the Midlands in Chicago and the Southern scuffle down South. Um, but, uh, this is the first, um, tournament that Nebraska will wrestle in where they actually keep team score. And a lot of the top teams are going to be out there. So that will be uh, a, a real test for Nebraska to see where they're at early in the season. Um, I said Todd. before, we're going to move on to predictions. Todd. Yes. I have a wrestling-related uh, yeah. question for you. Gable Stevenson. Yep. 
one of your favorites uh, from last year, Minnesota national champion, Olympic gold medalist, I believe. Yes, sir. Yep. Youngest wrestling gold medalist ever. What is your opinion when legitimate wrestlers like him uh, go and enter the professional wrestling world? Well, he has, he has signed a contract with the WWE and um, a pretty good sized contract. Um, and, you know, I, I guess my opinions kind of changed over the years. Um, I used to, when I was actually coaching high school wrestling myself, I used to take wrestlers up to the university of Minnesota to camp and got to know some of those guys up there. And, and they gave me a little bit different perspective on professional wrestling. Um, you know, I guess what I look at in this day and age, uh, it, it's no different than any other amateur athlete. If you have a chance to, to make the money, go make the money. And um, there, you know, he could, Gable Stevenson could compete in Olympic style wrestling for the next 10 years and probably win more than one more gold medal at the world or Olympic level. He could probably do that but he's never going to come close to making the kind of income that he's going to make in three or four years of yeah. professional wrestling. That's not going to happen. So I've even heard rumor that he's going to wrestle up through uh, the end of this calendar year and then leave um, and enter the professional ranks after the first of the year. I sure. think that, I think there might be a lot of BS to that. Um but nobody has really been too definitive on, on what, what this, how this is all going to unroll. But, you know, Gable Stevenson, freak athlete. You do not see guys that big as, athlete, as athletic yeah. as he is. Um, I think he'll be a star in professional wrestling. He's a showman. I, he is a showman. He's he has figured out how to be a showman in, in college. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I asked that question. Uh, this is a more broad question for, for either of you, but I saw today one of the, you know, non-wrestling sites, oddly enough, that I, I you know, follow uh, through social media said that the WWE is starting an NIL program for college athletes who want to, you know, when, when they're, Collegiate career is over. They want to transition into into uh, the squared circle or whatever you know they call it yeah. anymore. Um, and I didn't know what your thought. I mean, you could have like uh, I'm trying to think who on on Nebraska would be a a good fit in that work. Garrett Nelson, you know, and I, I he's not going to because I think his his upside is uh, a little higher in in the world of football. But you know, he had he was a, a wrestling state champion. Uh, you know, and I think his dad was also a, a wrestling champion, but he's got, he's got the personality, you know, that, that, you know, I think some, a, a company like that, or, you know, an industry like that would, would serve he, he, but I, I don't know what, what's your guys take just overall on, on uh, it's almost like sponsoring college athletes, just be like, you know, we'll give you a job when you're done. How, how, how is that any different from any other business or corporation, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and what, what will be interesting now that, you know, I hadn't heard that Greg, it makes sense. Um, but based on that, then does the UFC start coming in and working out, you know, NIL deals because, yeah. you know, the number of college wrestlers that go into the UFC far exceeds or, or some 
MMA organization far this, exceeds the number of wrestlers that go into the WWE. Oh, for sure. This, this yeah. is how capitalism works, Greg. What are you becoming a fucking Tom commie like Todd? What, what do you got? No. Free market. You hate it. Why? No, <laughs> I just, I, I guess I didn't realize because you guys are, are so much uh, more experienced in life than me. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. I just uh, I just wanted your uh, your opinion on on this news that I heard and and uh, you're right it, it's not terribly uncommon. However, with the new name image likeness, you know, now they're able to market the athletes more so than you know. Again, a year ago we weren't talking about uh, you know Huskers out there advertising for Runza or uh, you know the the Trey McGowan's. Or or Trey McGowan's uh, you know seeking a, a scooter sponsorship while he heals after last night, um, but now the the world is is these student athletes oyster and uh, you know yeah take take every advantage of it because uh, you can only make money on a running back's knees for so long so you know if you've had a, a great career uh, if you are um, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin and you are ready to jump to the NFL next year where we don't have to see you anymore, great. Go Let's on. Get him there. Let's move him on. Let's. I think we should start the campaign to send him to the NFL. I agree. I don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's he's Adrian Peterson good. And, in, in, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I, I don't want to deal with Adrian Peterson again. <laughs> Let's move on to predictions. we got five games. Winner, shit. winner in these games, no points, no point spread. Just give me your winner. Let's we're gonna look at the conference championship games. This is a big, big fun weekend to be a college football fan. Of course, it'd be more fun if our team was playing. Um, now, Todd, you've got the list there, so you've got to keep track. Yep. And okay. next next week, uh, the loser has to buy uh, the the winners uh, a, a pop, a sodi okay. pop. The Sodi Pop. Okay. You can Venmo me a dollar thirty. That's what it's going for out here. All right. Oklahoma State Baylor, Big 12 championship game. John. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I'm gonna go Baylor. You would. Well, I'm I'm gonna try to win. And I can't win by time. <laughs> no, but you can lose certainly. Well, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> the biggest matchup. The biggest matchup of the championship weekend. ACC, Pitt, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. What are you going with there, Tom? I got to go with Wake Forest. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) All right. It's it's so weird. It's so weird that we were two in and we have unconventional uh, competition in both conferences so far. Okie State, Baylor. There's no Texas or Oklahoma there, um, you know, and, and no Clemson. Uh, you know, it, it's it's tremendous. What an no, insane well, year of college football. Well, let's 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 uh, just go down that other road. Pac-12, Oregon, Utah, kind of half and half. You know, Oregon's been good. Oregon, Utah, John. You can you, you can go. F- oh, Oregon, Greg. I'll go Utah this time. I'll be the dissenting vote. I'm going to go Utah. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is where John pulls away. (laughs) 
SEC. Alabama Georgia. Crimson Tide. Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia. Georgia, 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 Georgia. I got Alabama. You would. And it's going to spoil Cincinnati's dreams. Okay. This one's going to hurt. Michigan. Iowa. <laughs> Michigan. I'll say Michigan because I don't, I'll never, ever, ever give Iowa uh, any credit. I, I mean, come on. Michigan has both a defense and an offense. Michigan football players are still in the midi, in the middle of the big house, slapping each other on the back, congratulating <laughs> themselves for beating that Ohio That is true. That is Michigan true. doesn't realize that they will be on an airplane tomorrow morning to Indianapolis or a bus. I got a bad vibe, but I cannot. Jim, Jim Harbaugh is a professional coach. He has been coaching many years. He is a successful coach. He will have his ready, his players ready to play. Because he I'm wasn't born on third base and thought he hit a triple. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a great line. I love those guys. Fellas, any final words? Greg? Christmas tree's up. Tis the season to not be watching football because Nebraska's not in it anymore. John, you got any final words? Well, Big Ten basketball starts this this weekend for men's Ooh. basketball. So, you know, I just take it one game at a time. Don't project into the future. Just live for now. When you're watching basketball, just go, oh, what's happening right now? You know, man, dude, yeah. I'm going to, I guess my final thoughts where I'm, I'm anxious to see how Scott Frost fills out the rest of his coaching staff. Uh, I think my, my highest level of curiosity is what he's going to do with special teams. And um, I did not participate in the, the round table on coordination as far as, you know, predicting who, who the assistants will be. But my thought on the special teams coach is that Scott Frost should coach the special teams and, um, like Bo Pelini did, and let the other coaches do the jobs that they've been hired to do. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. I remember those Bo Pelini special teams days. Didn't we have a – we had nice Alex Henry back then. Yeah, we did. Greg, as we wrap things up, I'm going to ask you to wrap things up because I always fuck this up. <laughs> All right, well, you got your pen and paper there, so write it down, Todd, because you never know when my kids are going to start screaming and I'm going to have to duck out or miss a recording entirely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Husker fans of all ages, we hope you had a great time listening to and or watching this episode wherever you find the Five Heart Podcast, be it on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube.com. We thank you. We miss you. We wish we had a better offseason to talk about. But as John has said, Nebraska basketball is here. All is right in the world. Something like that. So for our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, for our guest host with the most, wherever he is in the boxes, Todd Wolverton, who did a tremendous job. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him. Throw your love in the comment section he gets off on it. I'm Greg Mahashko reminding you this and every week 
that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go big red. Todd? Go blue. Wow. That's different. What you talk about, Willis? I got to have a cheering and a vested interest this week. I'd like I mean, to see Michigan win. You know, it'd be fun for them. They dealt with a lot of shit. It you know, can't like, be they... the Iowa Hawkeyes. It yeah. cannot be the Iowa Hawkeyes. You yeah. think that if, point. if Harbaugh goes and, and he got, he got one monkey off his back by beating Ohio state. And now if he wins the big 10 championship, does that lend hope for Nebraska's favorite son and the future here in Lincoln? Let's or is it two completely different situations? Two completely different situations. You're dead to me, John. I'm leaving. <laughs> I got to get headphones that don't itch after an hour. He did leave. Wow. 